friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. And as in many of our podcast episodes, I'm interviewing somebody today. And he's somebody that I'm very excited to interview. I've known Nick since he was 10 years old. And he is now a doctor, Dr. Nick Toesland. And he's an incredibly intelligent guy who's gone on to do a PhD looking at conspiracy theories and just the world of which uh, somebody may enter when they start going into that kind of conspiracy theorist worldview. And I ended up talking to him back in July just to get some wisdom from my own personal uh, conversations that I was having with people here in East London. How do I respond to some of the things that people had been reading and watching on YouTube? So how do I respond? I rang Nick up, we had a conversation and he was so helpful I was so blown away by his research and what he did that I wanted to share uh, a bit of his work with us. Now, why are we looking at this as a Christian? Why would I respond to this stuff? There's a danger, actually, that the Christian worldview is ripe uh, for being used for conspiracy theories. Also, I think there's a Christian response and a Christian way of responding to those who are believing a lot of conspiracy theories. And that's really what I want to get to at the end. How do we respond to somebody who is believing a conspiracy theory? Do we laugh at their face or do we respond in a, in a different way? And so that's what we're going to explore uh, in today's podcast. How do we respond to someone who believes a conspiracy theory? So I hope you find this really helpful and we'll jump straight in. Nick, welcome to Making Disciples. I'm so pleased to have you with me today. Dr. Nick Toesland. Just tell us, what was your PhD uh, actually in? So my PhD was interested in people who believe in things that are commonly called conspiracy theories, um, partic particularly uh, the social side of it. So not just thinking about the theories themselves, not just thinking about where they come from, uh, but actually, what is it like to be a living, breathing human being who believes in conspiracy theories and lives in contemporary Britain? I, I absolutely love it. I described you, Nick, recently to somebody as a, a doctor <laughs> of, of conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it makes it sound like you somehow create them all. And that's not the case. <laughs> what, just ask, why did you get interested in conspiracy theories? And you, I love the phrase that you use in your PhD. You talk about truth seeking. Uh, yeah. Why? Yes, I did read it, Nick. That might surprise you. I yeah, did very read good, it. Very good. Uh, why did you get interested in this stuff? Uh, so I got interested in it a f uh, quite a few years now when I was at the end of my undergraduate degree studying theology and religion. Um, when a friend of mine started sending me texts, um, some quite strange texts. Things were about the Olympics uh, ceremony, which says how long ago it was, about how there's loads of triangles there. Um, had I noticed that the mascot is a giant eye and talking about lots of other things. And I was like, mate, I've got exams. I'm going to talk to you later. I, I got, got back to Birmingham and it was sort of the talk of our group of friends that our mate had suddenly got into all these weird ideas and people were kind of laughing behind his back, laughing a little bit to his face. And I knew he wanted to talk to me about them. And he said he wanted to sit me down and, and, and tell me. And eventually he was at mine and he sits me down and he starts from the top and it was just it was just fascinating it really was fascinating um you know i just i just started taking notes because i was hearing about this this whole world that i i hadn't i hadn't heard of before 
and it, it was as a as a sort of scholar of religion suddenly a light bulb went off and i realized this was was something new maybe um but then at the and then it, it really took shape when another mate of mine took me aside a mutual friend and he said nick um you know you study you study religion you study some weird religion because I'd, I'd study bits about so-called cults uh, and he said oh mate uh, should we be worried and, and i hadn't really thought of it like that really because the people have been laughing but i stopped and i thought you know what that's a really good question um, and I took it from there. So I started, I did a master's where I was just interviewing him and one other person. That was it. Um, just sort of thinking about what, where are these ideas coming from? Uh, what is it like? And then I applied for funding to do a, a UK wide study, essentially looking at the social world behind these ideas. It's not just YouTube videos, um, but the internet's a massive part of it. You know, there are groups, there are people they're isolated, but there's a whole community. And so I got funding to, to really visit different groups where they talk about it, interview people. And as an anthropologist, someone who studies humans, how humans live, how humans act, uh, what it is to be human in a way, um, I went around and sort of tried to become one of the truth seekers and talk to the truth seekers and then write about this truth seeking world. Mm. So, so yeah, all through, all through a friend of mine, all through a friend of mine, so who I'm still very good friends with today. Yeah, I, I love this, Nick. So you essentially get, you've now uh, found something you really wanted to research and look into and understand, mm. not just, you know, what is it that uh, conspiracy theorists believe, but also what's going on in their mind, the social aspect of it. And you fully enter in you, you decide you're going to get into that world you're going to watch it um view it from the inside uh and you went to conspiracy theorist meetings i mean what do you what do you call that you know what do they uh, have a name for them so there's no well there's no specific name you'd, you'd guess they'd just be gatherings of people where they would have they'd have presenters you'd have talks on a different subject every week um Two, well, one of the group was at a, a church hall in St. Anne's near Blackpool, a wonderful group called New Horizons. Uh, they're still, well, they're not going with, with, with Corona, but a, a lovely group. And um, other groups, there's a group in Hull, group in Birmingham, but this group, there's groups all over. And in a typical evening, you might, you, you turn up and there would be a speaker. They would talk about a topic. Maybe it would be about say um things they've discovered about the pyramids maybe there is some secret technologies in in giza what is that all about um, maybe it would be about the the moon landings and new findings there or a bit of an alternative theory what if they've been to the moon but only to the dark side and 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 it would be any, any kind of topic and um yeah you'd have a, a big interview where people would talk yeah there's lots of friendships it's a social world you could buy you could buy um, herbs. There was a herbologist at one who would go foraging and there'd be loads of things that, you know, in the months since is, is, is kind of gone increasingly mainstream in a way. It was just Hollands and Barrett, but they'd pick it themselves. And uh, then some less mainstream things, there'd be, there might be people selling things like stones, uh, interesting crystals and things that might have certain effects. Um, or people would just get them because they look nice. Um, but anyway, no, there'd, there'd be a talk, people would do things and people would talk and yeah, yeah, that, that would be one side of it. Really. The key thing here, Nick, and I think it's important to say this now because we will bring it up at the end, is that uh, you will not, in this podcast, you will not hear myself or Nick laughing at any of anyone's views. Uh, there are some things that I we will think, oh my gosh, what do I even do with this? But I think it's really important that um, uh, it's too easy to mock and laugh at 
conspiracy theorists and people that believe things. I think uh, one of the things it does is it almost dishonours someone's intelligence by laughing at them. Uh, because one of the key things that I heard you say when we spoke a little while ago about this stuff was actually they're incredibly intelligent people. Um, and many of those who are really in the world of conspiracy theorists, they're super intelligent. Uh, and what they're doing is they're filling in the gaps that we don't have. And their imaginations really are running wild. They're not, you know, many of them are not stupid people, are they? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It is, it is so easy to laugh at a caricature of some of these ideas because um, that's that's what they are. That's what you're you're often seeing in in sort of popular media. Um, but no, it's intensely rational. It is holding up bits of the world to an to an investigation, and then seeing yeah, as you said, sort of like different different gaps that are left, and the the way the way the things are put together. Yeah, they're they're it is it is it is highly intelligent um, and quite quite breathtaking at times. It is very easy to sit there and and fall into that world and I don't know it, it's like it's like it completely stands up um, in its own kind of in its own sort of world of ideas but it's constantly drawing on things that are very mainstream and are sort of there to see um, so yeah yeah basically I'd say it's it's intensely rational intensely rational and it it should not re it should not really be laughed away um, for for example for example. Um, it's very easy to sort of laugh at 9-11 truthers, which is where that that phrase came from, um, sort of truth seekers. It started off as this derogatory comment in the media. Um, but a lot of a lot of what makes up the 9-11 conspiracy theory is not shocking. It's not it's not the stuff of the planes were holograms and all this. It's things that there are entire Wikipedia pages about, such as there was a third tower that went down, Building 7, um, which is just just part of the story, part of the official narrative, part of it. But because people are laughing about it and people are saying, oh, that can't be true. Suddenly it seems like this massive secret when really, when really a lot of these theories are just really trying to put together sort of ideas about the world and things that are you know, there to see. Mm. Um, so, yeah, in intensely rational, uh, intensely rational. Some of the some of the writers, some of the speakers, they, they spend they spend their lives researching these topics. They shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, they might not have university degrees. They might not be recognised on, on talk shows, but they are experts in their own right. They, they really are. Yeah. And the key thing is that some people will be listening to this now going, how, Chris, how can you say they can be taken seriously? You know, the, you know, the conspiracy theories, bonkers stuff. I think the key thing is that within a bubble, within a bubble, you have a worldview. And in that worldview, some of the things that are discussed within the conspiracy theories will stand up in that bubble. Mm. getting out of the bubble you might see it as, as different you might you may have different evidence you might have different ways of seeing things but in the bubble you can make it work and this is why I, I want to ask you this question when you went to those gatherings and you entered into that world um I want to ask the question how did you get lost at any point was there any moment where you yourself started to question stuff um you know what happened for you personally in that yeah I think um so at its heart, so conspiracy theory is really more, um, it's more a counter narrative on what you find in the mainstream. So you're not starting out by trying to prove some outlandish conspiracy. You are proving that what is being sort of, yeah, what is being spoken about in the mainstream about an event doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. It makes you ask questions. 
So, so that's what is kind of on trial there. It's the official sort of narrative. And so as, as I was um, listening to more and more groups, and I really did listen when I wasn't at these talks, you know, I'd, I'd listen to long, long podcasts all the time. I'd start you know, reading alternative media. You're suddenly in an alternative world of, of just reporting about the world. And, and carried across it is just this set of assumptions that the people who run this world do not care about you. The people who run this world are very, very clever. The people who run this world, they, they, can, they can do anything and they are doing it and they're up to no good. And it's that relationship with the world that really kind of sticks with you and, and sticks in. So then when you're watching some uh, something on BBC about, I know the government's passed something which is unfairly penalising someone or taking away some benefits. It's like, oh, yeah, I see exactly why they're doing that. You know, it's not just a little political gain. I know exactly why they do that. And it builds this relationship with the world. And that's what that's what really sticks with you, I think. Um, and so, yeah, it did. It did affect me. I was suddenly I found myself watching Have I Got News For You. And instead of laughing at certain jokes, I, I'd sort of pick up on sinister overtones that it was as if they, they'd said things that, that they couldn't fully say it. And they were half saying it with jokes. And honestly, when you're watching it, looking for that, they do it all the time, all the time. Um, and it's little things like that, and it, and it yeah, it really sticks with you. Um, yeah. Or well, they like talking about how people are um, don't take the world seriously enough. People are just these sheep, and they they go around, they're watching X Factor, um, and that's all they're doing. David Icke calls them sheeple. They're just sheeple. And then you go out and you you want to talk about some really deep things. You want to start talking about, you know what, is, are there these serious things going on? Is there, is there paedophilia right at the top of government? And people are like, you know, what are you talking about? Didn't you watch X Factor last night? And you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I, I've heard about you. Right? This all makes sense now. Why aren't you people taking this seriously? Why, hang on, why are you laughing at me? And suddenly you're not on the side of, of those people. You're on the side of these, this, this minority of people who, who, yeah, you've got this alternative relationship with the world, basically, and, it, and you just get deeper into it like that. What I want to just ask you now, Nick, is just to explain to us a little bit around what, how would you describe a conspiracy theory? Um, um, what, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and fake news? Just a lie, just an outright lie. <laughs> so a conspiracy theory, well, well, I guess a conspiracy theory tends to be about a as i said it, it's it's more attached to an official narrative and the conspiracy theory really sets out to prove that that wrong um but there's there's never a single theory it's better to talk about a conspiracy worldview and to give you my full definition of it i would say a conspiracy worldview rejects world affairs as purely natural or innocent and instead sees events as um, orchestrated by a secret group or force to some sort of nefarious negative ends. You know, it, it's more of like a whole system. Um, and I think you say the difference between that and fake news. What, what, what do you mean by fake news? Well, fake news is is um, is what you often hear coming out of politicians' mouths when they don't like something that's being said. They'll just say that's fake. Mm. That's fake news. That didn't happen. Right. Yeah. So so. The big, the big difference there, and this is something you know, I really found by doing my, my years of research, is that conspiracy theory has a noble cause. You know, it, it's aimed at uncovering this plot which is out to get us. So a, a conspiracy theorist is, 
No, they're not just someone who's just watching YouTube idly and, and being silly. They're trying to get to the bottom of something that really, really matters. Um, whereas this, you know, it's, it's really, I, I came up with the phrase alternative knowledge, and that's what I talk about in my thesis. Fake news appeared after I came up with mine. And I think fake news completely trivializes it because it's not news, it's knowledge. You know, you, you're dealing in knowledge about the world, knowledge about the self, knowledge about the things around you. Um, powerful knowledge as well, hidden knowledge. Um, so yeah, I, I basically conspiracy theory goes much, much deeper, much, much deeper. Um, and it's often with a system of kind of good and evil. Um, that's, you know, it's allied so much with theories about a struggle, yeah, struggle between good and evil, borrows from like demonology, and it starts talking about Satanism and negative energy and all this. It, yeah, it's much more of like a moral plot. It's not some entertainment. It's this, yeah, it's got this moral element, I think. Mm. So why do, you know, the question I'm about to say is why do people get drawn into, you know, how do people get drawn into this world of conspiracy? Uh, and uh, I love your, uh, you know, your phrase, uh, alternative knowledge. How do people get pulled into that? Um, so, I mean, there's there's absolutely no one way Um and I often have to I have to stop myself whenever I'm talking about any of my research to, to repeat this again and again, because uh, I never like to generalize. And when you, you know, when you interview people and talk to people there, everyone's slightly different. But there are there are similarities in, in, in stories where um, usually there's 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 often might be some change in life. People might find themselves with more free time. Um, maybe it's losing a job. Um, maybe it's going through some relationship difficulties or something. Maybe it's losing a loved one. That that came up um, a few times. There's this jolt to the world system, I think, that makes people, um, I don't know, maybe start asking a few questions um, about the world around them, you know, or, or about their values and where did those values come from. And then simply it will start with, always will start with, it'll start with one single conspiracy theory and people will watch that much like people watch i was trying to remember the, the name of the show before but i mean tiger king is a good recent example they said a tiger king where they start getting into you know did the the uh, carol um, did she murder her husband and all this now that is just a big conspiracy theory video and people if that was more serious about a more serious topic that's exactly how people would get into the world of conspiracy and the way that youtube and especially in youtube's key the way it's set up, of course, is you've got the links next to it. And before you know it, an algorithm has changed your whole media world without you even asking it to, to show you more and more of these ideas that are linked together. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's sort of how I, I would say. And then, and then there's this process, as I say, where these ideas, they're not all categorically wrong. They're built around sort of things that many people would agree with. And so you, people can go out and they can get confirmation of some of these ideas, absolutely get some confirmation. And then it's just this slow, this slow process, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is really what we saw in March, April, May and June. So I think we spoke back in July. Mm. And the reason we ended up in a conversation was because I was struggling with uh, many uh, voices that I was hearing from people who'd been watching stuff during lockdown that had just given them some really odd world views. And it was interesting, I, I asked a few of the clergy, vicars in East London, look, have you guys had any of this conspiracy theory stuff? Um, I said to you, no, 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 it's only you, Chris, it's only you. And then I spoke to a vicar yesterday who said, 
oh, well, actually, um, yeah, I'm now getting it. And I realised the difference between me and them was I'd been talking with my congregation during lockdown and they'd basically not. So they'd not realised that they were watching this stuff. And you talk about life change, loss, isolation, a jolt to the world system. That is exactly what we experienced in lockdown. People had more time on their hands. They were watching more uh, YouTube stuff and they started seeing things that have been posted elsewhere. So you can see how people slowly slipped in. Um, can I just talk about Christians for a moment, Nick? Um, because it seems to me that if you're a Christian and you believe already that there's a, a an evil at work in the world and you believe that as a person of faith, uh, there's deception out there that you've got to be wise in spotting, discerning and doing something about it. Uh, a conspiracy theory and a lot of the conspiracy theories can fall quite nicely into a Christian framework, can't they? Uh, absolutely. Do you want to just really talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, the problem of maybe Christians who put conspiracy theories into their own theological thinking? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they, they are just, I would describe them as natural bedfellows, essentially. Um, so, you know, Christians are naturally awake to the, I suppose, unseen dimensions of life on in, on lots and lots of levels, um, be, be you know, spiritual, but also kind of emotional and mental and, and lots of different things. And I, I don't know, it's almost like, so it's like Christians, so Christianity, uh, the, the Bible's written and then it stops. And in terms of understanding the modern world and how the modern world is changing, um, and just, you know, just the general events of the modern world, you've got a sort of set of principles which talk about a, a battle of good and evil, this great big apocalyptic struggle in which humanity is very much in the centre of it. Um, he talks about, uh, you know, striving for, for yeah, uh, so humanity is humanity in the centre of this struggle, um, in a sense. And conspiracy theory talks in that language. It comes from the American, well, a lot of the ideas do come from America of, of, of conspiracy theory, um, particularly from this millennialist American right. Well, not not just right, but millennialism in its form. This this, And that's a, a religious view that believes that there is a cosmic battle between good and evil, this dualistic battle, that will come to a conclusion. Um, and conspiracy theory is, is, is precisely that, precisely that in the here and now, in the sort of contemporary world. So, so yeah, I, I just, I just, yeah, they, they are natural bedfellows, mm. uh, essentially. And, it, and it, it does slot, it does slot quite neatly in. Um, and I guess one of the things, therefore, is... Uh, you know, I keep saying to people that whatever you watch on the internet, check it out with your local church leader. If your local church leaders go, that's not right, you know, trust them. Um, yeah. You know, if your local church leader is is not on the same page, is not is seeing the same things that you've seen and said, actually, no, this is not this is not Christian, this is not right. Uh, then trust. You really please do trust your church leader. And the other thing is, you know, yes, revelation. It uh, creates a framework of expectancy that the world will have trouble and the world will end. Um, but the danger is every generation uh, has said, oh, we're approaching the world, you know, end of the world. 
you can see those events around us. You know, like the world is just a messy place and has been for 2,000 years. And, yeah. uh, you know, Jesus makes it quite clear. We ain't going to know what time and dates the end times will be. So it seems to me that we, we can do too much reading into the times and almost worry ourselves more. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's not the end of the world. It might feel like the end of your world, but it really isn't the end of the world. Uh, the yeah. world will still be here in, in a year's time. It is a pandemic at the end, end of the world, and that's it. What I'd love to just talk to you, Nick, about before we finish is uh, how do we help someone who is lost in a, in a conspiracy theorist world, you have a family member, a friend, a person that you absolutely love who's just been saying some really odd stuff uh, of late. What do we do? How do we respond? Do we argue with them? Do we try to show them um, videos that argue the opposite? You know, what, what should we be doing here? Uh, well, I think that the number one thing is absolutely just keep calm. Just absolutely keep calm and don't panic. And remember that they are still the person you know and love. And yeah, and that that, that should be, that should always be remembered. Absolutely. Um, I, I think I think the, the other absolute top tip, I, I can't stress this strongly enough, um, is not to ridicule and not to laugh at, at what you are hearing. You know, you have to you have to bear in mind that everyone's ideas can sound ridiculous when you just hear them sort of at the end. And a, and a, and a new conspiracy theorist it has so many ideas thrown at them, they are unable to explain it in a coherent way, to, to be honest, absolutely unable to. And in a lot of the narratives I heard, the second stage after developing an interest is when they were trying to like, when they were a bit mad and evangelistic, quite frankly, about it, friends would react negatively and that would isolate them further and it would frankly confirm the conspiracy. That is a very, very real danger. Um, and I, yeah, I heard that many times. And at least with the, the people I hung out with, you know, and they're not, they're not terrible people. I'm not, I don't, I, I want to make that clear. But they would then find company amongst other unlike-minded people and get really immersed in that world. So that, and that is very, in a very human way, a very understandable way, what will happen. Um, a little bit like if anyone has ever, if, when, if you, you know, when you convert to Christianity and it's all new, it might all, you've got so many ideas thrown at you and you might charge out trying to convert everyone you can get that's not a good way to to win to win hearts and minds that can obviously do the opposite and it's no different here it's no different here um i i now am, am a secondary school re teacher and there, there was a, a bible verse i was teaching today which is so astute here and it's paul in romans and he says um do not become do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good and it, it's it's great for two reasons is one conspiracy theory in its negative form the danger of it is it what it's is it's talking about the negatives in the world and it's really and i think for good reason and this should be acknowledged um it, it's trying to do a good thing it's trying to expose a negative so that people don't suffer however the irony is is that in focusing on this negative people can get lost in a negative world one truth has said to me he said he acknowledged this um and I think I asked him, I was like, how do you, you know, how do you drive at night when you're worried that they might get you? And he's like, well, if they're going to get me, they're going to get me. And he, he believed that. And he said, it's important to know the nightmare, but not to live it. Um, and that's the irony with conspiracy theory there. But I think dealing with people who, who are suddenly into conspiracy theories, you know, just, just show them good. 
you can't overcome that if you think it's awful don't just don't don't be awful in return essentially don't be awful in return you know we're just talking about christianity and conspiracy theory the book of revelation the theory of the antichrist is father of lies that is the stuff of conspiracy theory and so i think some sort of awareness of, of that is would, would go a long long way um but yeah it's just patience as, as i said my, my friend who got really into it um he he's just like slowly over, over years he's he's just matured and he still thinks a lot of that but he's not manic anymore he, he's 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 refound his his muslim faith in a very in quite in a really positive way i'd say um so there there are you know, there are many stories of, of people if you like coming out of it in a, from a more kind of critical level and actually my big takeaway from my thesis is that once people get past that kind of slightly manic phase um some people can get out of it but they only as i say they'll only get out of it um just by being shown i guess respect and being shown lots and lots of love um that is the main thing again again just yeah just to repeat myself if if you believe in a theory that says that the world doesn't take you seriously they will laugh at you um and that's because they are all brainwashed then a strong reaction just confirms that and you're just making things worse um so yeah yeah that that is what i would say i love that um, and, and but as well within that i've got to acknowledge that this world of ours and you're right it's only a pandemic it's only a pandemic but you've also got to acknowledge that there's lots of stuff in the world that is ripe for saying there is a global plot aimed at control um so i think yeah so with that you can't just dismiss the things that are just easy fodder to use in conspiracy theory um yeah nick thank you yeah. so much i find that so helpful you know keep calm don't laugh at them. You know, you don't want to isolate them. Overcome good with evil. In other words, love them and have patience. I wish I'd known that about a year ago when <laughs> someone close to me came to me and uh, commented on a sermon that I'd preached about the book of Genesis. And it was specifically about Genesis 1. And they made this comment about flat earth. And I looked at them and I said, do you believe the earth is flat? And they confirmed that to me, and I, I laughed. I just didn't, I couldn't hold myself together. And, and actually, yeah. I so regret my response. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we are still talking and, yeah, still communicating, but I regret that response, partly because I, I felt like I, I dishonoured a person that... Um, I really didn't want to dishonor. I don't agree with them. In fact, I fundamentally don't agree with them. Um, but it's about honoring and loving and caring and cherishing people and be able to uh, be able to have conversations with folk in a beautiful way that helps them out. And I felt I I wish I'd have I'd have been aware and I wish I'd have been prepared. And that's one of the things you know people say things when you're least prepared. Uh, so you end up putting your foot in it and you think, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Uh, so I think I found that really helpful. You know, keep calm. Don't laugh at them. Uh, overwhelm evil, um, overcome evil with good. Uh, love them and be patient. I think that's incredibly wise. So thank you, Nick. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember those things as I continue to have my conversations with folk around where I live. Yeah, yeah. We have sure, run sure, out sure. of time, and we could keep going. I could talk uh, for hours, but no, it's been really good, really yeah. good, Chris. Nick, thank you. Um, if people want to read your uh, PhD dissertation. Um, I don't know if you know this, but yeah. if, you, if they email Dr. Nick Toesland and Conspiracy Theories Truth Seeking, you will find it on the Durham website. 
Yeah, if you Google, just Google Toesland Conspiracy Theories and you will find it. It's free to read. Um, yeah, see what you think. And please get in touch if you have any any questions or anything. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Nick, thank you. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, brilliant. My pleasure. My Grace pleasure. and peace, my friend. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.